You know there's a way for nurses to start a business, but there's so many moving pieces. Cut through the crap. It's time to go right to the source and get real about what's working in business and marketing for nurses with your host, the founder of Nursepreneurs, Katie Harris. It's Katie Harris, and this is an episode of the Nursepreneur Podcast. Today, we have Kevin Smith from KMS Medical with us. Kevin, thanks so much for being with us here today. All right. Thanks for having me, Katie. Uh, so give us a little bit of background about you as a nurse. Uh, what kind of nurse have you been, and how long have you been a nurse? All right. So I started uh, about 20 years ago. Actually, it was 20 years this year, and I started off my career in inpatient pediatrics, and um, quite honestly, I've never left pediatrics. So I spent uh, uh, a year on the floor and then went down to the emergency room and then had a couple of opportunities to take leadership positions, which I did. And I was a nurse manager for a number of years in um, the neonatal ICU and in the pediatric emergency room um, at one of the large hospitals up here. And then I uh, went back to school full time to do my um, bachelor's in organizational management. And I had two small kids and decided it was time to step back from management because it's, if you've ever been a manager, you know, it can be at times a pretty thankless job yeah. and it takes a lot of, uh, a lot of time to focus on that and then focus on everything else you need to do uh, to keep your life all in check. <clears throat> so I stepped down, went back to the emergency room, pediatric emergency room as a staff nurse. And then I had an opportunity to go fly as a flight nurse. So I did that for uh, three years. Uh, left that job and then went to um, outpatient orthopedics and then I went to work in urgent care and I've worked and now I work in, a, in another different hospital but pediatric emergency just as a staff nurse and so I've been like up and up the ladder and then back down again uh, with every opportunity in between because you know as a nurse you can do that you can I know that's a great be, part of nursing isn't it <laughs> It is. It is. And you know, being opportunistic just keeps you growing and lets you try and see what you like and don't like. And started my 10 years ago. I had my 10 year anniversary for the business um, uh, this year. So I've been in business about 10 years. And a friend of mine, when I was flying, I had all this extra time because we only work two days a week. And so I had all this extra time and my friend was working for Phillips and uh, the same guy now works with me uh, with my business. So he said, hey, you want to sell AEDs? And I said, yeah, sure. What the heck? Why not? And, you know, I've been doing that ever since. So uh, so what goes into like selling AEDs? You just. So and I get that question a lot. Who's your target market? You know, the who's your target audience and, and things. And it's really everybody. So I I've got a great um, referral network that I've built over the last uh, 10 years. Uh, I do very little advertising, um, if any. Um, 99% of my business is on referral. And I've also developed relationships with uh, Philips Healthcare uh, with the manufacturer that I'm able to sell into the fire and EMS market as a, um, as a distributor. So other manufacturers don't let you do that. Um, I've also got a background. I'm a volunteer fire chief. I was an EMT for a number of years. I do um, ski patrol. So I can walk in um, to any agency, any facility, any organization and have some credibility either as a nurse, firefighter, EMT, um, when I go and see people. So oh my God, you got the helps. whole gamut. <laughs> well, you know what? It helps build trust. And in today's market and today's um, economy, trust is everything. 
And you have people got to be able to trust because you can go on Amazon and buy anything. But if they, I had a customer yesterday say, I could go buy this online, but I don't want to because I talked to you. So, and part of our job as nurses is educators, right? right? So when I go and sell AEDs, that's my, I don't, we don't talk about buying anything until probably our second conversation. I give them all the information they need to make an uh, educated decision. And then we, if they ask me for a quote, I'll send them a quote. But if they don't, if we want to talk again, we talk again. You know, it doesn't matter to me. But I want people to have all the information that they don't get when they go and just start dropping stuff in a shopping cart online. Right. Yeah. I just want to say that's such a that's such a confident approach to sales. Um, you know, to be able to say, well, I'm not going to push this on anybody. I'm going to educate, and they're going to see the value, and then they're going to come back. And that's yeah. the piece that I want other nurses to understand because they're all scared of like sales, and it's like, no, you're just helping people and showing them value. <laughs> so. Well, and, you know nurses going into sales and it's a good point that you bring up is that you got to know what you're good at yeah. right so many nurses try to go and sell orthopedic stuff or whatever they're going to sell whatever widget they're selling this week and if that's not in their background of course you're not going to be good at it especially right away mm -hmm. you know it takes time to develop that confidence I, I knew AEDs when I went to sell them when I first signed up to sell them because I've been using them for the last 20 years so I can talk intelligibly about them but the people who go and you know try to go into the drug you know like drug rep Okay. You know, if you're a, if you don't know anything about it, of course, you're not going to be good at it right away or at all. You may stink at it. Right. You know, yeah. No, I remember that from uh, in neurosurgery, we always had the, the industry reps that came in and, you know, it's in surgery yeah. and showed us how to use this. Like they knew their stuff. I mean, they were amazing. Like <laughs> it was so yeah. great to talk to them. And if they're not amazing, they get kicked out pretty quick. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, so let me ask you a question. So how did you go from all these different jobs to saying, hey, I should start a business? Well, I, again, you know, the, the business started as an opportunity. And, you know, I knew that someday, especially with my education, I, I went when I went to my bachelor's degree, I went and looked at the BSN programs. And then I looked at the business programs. And I knew that at some point um, I was going to be either self-retired out of clinical nursing or, um, you know, medically retired out of it. And so I wanted to make sure that I had another avenue. I knew I was going to own my own business at some point. Um, I knew I wasn't going to manage nurses forever because that in itself is daunting. It's a, I had 200 direct reports when I was managing in the NICU. Oh my God, how can and, I do that? Well, I had 10 nurse leaders and, you know, they, they helped me do it. But I knew at some point I was going to be in business. So um, that's kind of where I focused my educational background, education background, and then, you know, it's just taken off from there. And, but I never, you never lose focus of what your core is. And you can, you can go and sell, like what we just said, we can go and sell other stuff all day. But if I always end up, I've had other opportunities to sell different products, but I always end up back at AEDs <laughs> because that's what I started with and that's what I'm good at. All right. So you were working for, you were working for Philips at, at a time and then decided that this is something you could do on your own or was it, I just, no, I was, I've always been a distributor. I've never been working directly for them. Okay. And what does that mean? Can you explain that a little bit? So I was a um, sub distributor. So I buy, I was buying product from a, another distributor who bought directly from Phillips. So I was like the third guy in line with the, the uh, distribution partners, I think was what the official term was. Okay. 
Um, that contract changed this year, though. Now I'm buying directly from Phillips. So I buy right from the manufacturer as a um, distributor. Is that something you have to work your way up to? No, actually, uh, Phillips just decided that they wanted just to go and whack their whole distribution program oh. <laughs> and have everybody, have everybody buy direct. You know, I was making more money buying um, on the old program than I am now. Um, but I also have other manufacturers available to me from the distributor that I was purchasing from before. So I don't just sell Phillips. I sell all of the manufacturers. Okay. Is this then, something that, that anybody could just do if you decided you wanted to become a distributor, you become one? Um, if you know the right people, you could. Um, the other product that we sell, um, that answer would be no. We sell, um, we picked up a um, contract to sell a paramedic monitor, a um, patient monitor that was is new to the market that Philips purchased uh, about two years ago. And so uh, we, we, knew some, we knew the right people and presented them with uh, the opportunity of us, of us selling it. We had to sell them to get the contract, but um, so we've had that since June of last year or December of last year. So a little over a year now. Um, but that one, I would say you, you, that's a real specialty area that you need to, you need to know some people to get into. Okay. And as a distributor, you are, you're basically your own company at that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I've been at my own company since I started. Okay. I see. Um, and I'm not sure if I missed this part, but at, um, how did you, get introduced to the idea of being a distributor? Uh, from my friend, my friend, Alex, he was working as the fire and EMS rep uh, for Phillips up here in New York well, a long, long, 10 years ago. And he didn't have time to sell AEDs. He was selling the, the bigger monitor, the paramedic monitor that Phillips had at the time. And so they had a sub distributor program and he just called me up one day and said, Hey, do you want to do this? And I said, sure. Oh, well. Yeah, it, <laughs> talk about a great opportunity. <laughs> it was. It was. Is, is that it, how a lot of these distribution um, uh, systems work? That these companies just have distribution systems and then join them and start selling their products for them? Yeah. So uh, most of the major companies have some sort of distributor network, uh, whether it's through other medical device and supplies resellers, or um, very few of them sell direct anymore, and economically it makes more sense to do it through distribution because you can cast a wider net and everybody can still make money on on the sale okay all right so um all right interesting um all right and so your your main product is aeds do you do you sell anything else i do i sell that paramedic monitor called tempest oh, i think you can see it on the website there um i've had i I've had products that I've sold over the years. Um, one of them was a, a carrying case for an IV pump. And this was another right place at right time thing. We, when I was flying, we brought in this IV pump. It was a small transport pump. <clears throat> and I was talking to the manufacturer rep and said, hey, do you have a carrying case for this? He said, nope. I said, you mind if I take a shot at it? And he says, go for it. So I, I managed to develop and have manufactured. And I also had the opportunity to field test it when I was flying because um, we had the pump. So I, I made the carrying case and I sold those for I don't know, probably seven or eight years into the market. <clears throat> and then the FDA mothballed the, uh, or recalled the whole product line. So that kind of just went, went under, went away <laughs> last year. Oh my God. So it, Wait, so you developed, yeah. manufactured, how do you even develop something like that? Um, 
you got to start off with a great a great concept and then I went yeah there's a manufacturer here in town where I live and I went to them and said I need a carrying case for this and we it it took a little while but we came out with a prototype and made some refinements and got it out into the marketplace through um trying to think of who my there was a couple of different IV pump manufacturers that were selling the the pump and I developed those relationships okay and then so when they were selling pumps they said, hey, you got to call Kevin and get cases. And that just snowballed and snowballed and snowballed and snowballed. Right, and right. I, I sold, a, I sold, I can't tell you how many of those thousands, I think, by the time it was all done. Oh, well. Um, why did the FDA recall them? Oh, well, because the, the flow rates were not right. So there was something going on with their, it was a, it was a, a, a gravity draw device. It didn't have the, um, the peristaltic um, flow thing, like a lot of the other pumps have, and they determined that the flow meters, the flow rates were off. And the, the company who bought, I think it was Baxter, bought the, the pump. They just said, we're just not going to deal with it. And they just okay. canceled the whole program. Oh, well, that's nice. That was but, pain. Yeah. <laughs> that was that, that, those pump cases were, were 15% of my business. Oh, that wow. just went away overnight. So it was a pretty big hit. Yeah, that is a big hit. Um, well, so do you anticipate, um, well, how did you replace that or did you not replace it? Uh, I didn't replace it. So I, I had, and this was, this was funny too. So I had um, my old customers that had that old pump that got, camp, that got recalled, call me and say, hey, look, we bought these pumps now. Can you make us a case? <laughs> <laughs> so I swore I'd never get back in the business because it was, it was hectic. You know, I had to keep inventory all the time and you know, and then something happens like happened with the CME pump. They just, it just went away. I didn't want to have to worry about carrying inventory, but <clears throat> subsequently I had two customers call me and I made two different cases for two different pumps. And I just, I haven't had time to really go out and start marketing it yet, but it's on but my you're, list. On you're my back, list. you're back in that business again. <laughs> I'm back in the business. And I also made a uh, AED carrying case that I actually got a patent on a utility patent um it's different it's got room for storage and you know some other stuff but i i haven't had time to do anything with that yet either that patent was just issued at the end of the year last year oh my gosh congratulations that's that's amazing thanks yeah it was uh, pretty it was fun yeah you say that but it doesn't sound fun <laughs> like it sounds like a so are you more of a creative person that you like to draw these things out or you just have something in your mind how does, how does well i don't i I like to have a good manufacturing partner yes. that I can go to and, and they know what I'm talking about. And we did another, another case for a component on that, the paramedic monitor that we sell the Tempest. Um, there's actually a smaller monitor that goes with it that does all the therapy. And so we developed a case for that as well. So I like going to the manufacturer and saying, here's the vision, here's what we needed to do. And they, sometimes get it right and they sometimes totally screw it up, but they're here in town and I don't have to travel to go and, and do inspect prototypes. Right, right. So it's been, you know, that part of it's been beneficial having them right here, but you know, there's some limitations that any manufacturer has, you know, COVID, COVID shut their business down. You know, they couldn't get product, they couldn't get some materials and their, their staff, their staff was catching COVID every other week. Oh, and so they had to cut their production in half. I just had to pay extra to have my cases made because I needed to pay the overtime for the staff to come in so I could get my cases de delivered a month early. 
because I've been they're on 12 week lead times. It's awful, awful, awful. So um, so tell me about this Tempest Pro because I'm looking at it on your website and it, it looks pretty nice. Like um, what is all this extra storage that they're able to carry and how's it that improvement they used to have? So the device itself is really it's an apples and oranges conversation now with the other with the competitors out there. It'll do telemedicine. Uh, it's got built-in um, video laryngoscopy, built-in ultrasound, and the data movement from that monitor to um, the data solution is called the data solution is called Corsium. So everything goes from that monitor up to the data solution, and anybody can see that data. They can see live feeds of patient care, of what's going on with the patient, all of the numericals of any any component you have hooked up to the patient that somebody else can see it remotely, which is a big a big new thing that the market's not hasn't seen before. Um, the the thing that people struggle with is that it's a two piece solution now. It's two pieces. So the therapy piece portion is called the Tempest LS, and so that does your cardioversion, defibrillation, and pacing. But and all of that data moves over to the Pro and then up to Corsium. So it's smaller. It's lighter. Um, and you know people can use it. I, well, I think a lot easier, but you know who am I to judge? It's all it's all touch screen, and it's really it's the newest thing out there and the latest technology that's out on the market. So, did, were you part of the the software development of this? No, no, God, I'm not a software guy. <laughs> no, that the product's been used in Europe for a number of years, and Philips when they they had a monitor before that, they went and. Uh, they were having problems with their motherboards and components, so they went and just mothballed it. So they went to Europe and purchased that company who makes that monitor, the Tempest, R-E-T, <laughs> the company. They, they went and bought, bought it. They just bought They're like, the we can't do it. We'll just buy the company. <laughs> well, it was good and it was bad. You know, they needed a product to bring to the Fire and EMS market because they were losing market share by the day mm -hmm. when they mothballed their old monitor. And so they just went and bought the company. And, but they, you know, they did their due diligence and they knew it was the latest and greatest. And it's, it's really, it, it's a little slow up here in New York right now, but it's starting to catch some traction out in the rest of the country. Okay. So you saw this uh, monitor and what were they carrying it around by hand? And you thought, oh my God, they need some sort of case for this. Oh, no, no. So the carrying case that we made is for this, the defibrillation for the therapy component to it. Mm -hmm. and so with it being two pieces, you'd have to carry it in a separate bag. Right. And people in the US were not used to that yet. So we made a case that hooks right onto the back um, of the Tempest Pro uh, to carry the defibrillation piece, the, the LS. Okay. So we, we developed the carrying case for that. And it's not the only one out there. There's a couple of more, but they carry everything. We only carry that one piece. Okay. Um, now I see you also do uh, CPR training as well. Is that a big part of your business or is that just something that extra? I don't do it. I outsource it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I, I have a lot of great friends and colleagues that do um, CPR training. And uh, when I have customers that need uh, CPR training, I, I outsource it or I refer them over to my, my partners there. I, I thought about it over the years and um, it's a lot of, it's a lot of investment in time, which is usually a, a pretty hot commodity uh, to get certified and to stay up on, and then you got to run classes and have a facility. You got to buy training equipment and there's a lot of cost that comes with it. And I've already got partners that do that. So I, 
I refer them out to my to my colleagues that are the experts in that. I'm not the expert in training. Okay. Um, so what is your what has your trajectory been like over the last ten years? Has it uh, been all just one big straight line up, or um, how did, did it kind of go? Been a slow, slow and steady is not. It's has been it hasn't all been all been sunshine and roses. I can tell you that. <laughs> well, COVID almost shut me down. Oh really? And my phone stopped ringing. Uh, fortunately, what I've been able to do is I've been able to keep the business uh, running out of my house. Um, I don't have a lot of overhead. I didn't have to keep inventory. Um, everything like product that I ordered uh, was drop shipped from my distributor. So when COVID hit. I was able to absorb that by not having all these expenses every month. You know, there are some that you're going to have, you know, you're the bookkeeper, the website and the other things that you have to maintain on a monthly basis. But I didn't have rent. Um, I didn't have inventory just sitting that, you know, the manufacturers demanding payment on. I just I was able to absorb it. And, you know, the government, thank God, had that PPL. Um, I was able to take advantage of that. So it's been a slow a slow climb and but the business over the years has kept me and i don't know if this sounds weird or not has kept me out of the hospital full-time does that make sense yeah yeah and so you just some, you work when you want to work in the hospital system yeah i'm pretty cool. so i i go in when i can i i work four hour shifts and and i i told my boss my my nonsense tolerance is about four hours <laughs> and you know, I, I keep it real with her. She understands. <laughs> it's so true. I don't know how, like, because I used to work like two or three jobs at a time. Like I was in the hospital, yeah. like 60 hours a week. And you get to a point where you're just like, this is ridiculous. So stupid. Like this is, there's so many obvious things that we could do here to make a massive improvement. And, you know, putting right. up with the nonsense that I put up with in the hospital for so many years, it's like, makes me Well, cringe. and in lifestyle. You know, mm -hmm. lifestyle is huge for me. You know, I've got uh, two very active kids. I've got, um, you know, if I need to take a Monday off or if I want to take a Monday morning off and go do whatever, go golfing, go fishing, uh, I can schedule my week accordingly. I'm not, I'm not um, a slave to having to be there at a certain time to do the hospital job that I'm not fond of anymore. And the hospital is tough right now. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's, it's not dog eat dog, but it's, it, it's a tough environment to work in. You know, even before COVID, it was a tough environment. Yeah, it was. Yep. So, and then the longer you're in the profession, I, I, I owe this profession everything. You know, it, it's given me every opportunity that I could ever ask for. But at some point, people burn out and want to move on and do other stuff. You know, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And, you know, I would, I'm, I'm glad I was, I'm glad I've been in it. And, but I'm ready to get out of the clinical and just focus on growing the business more. Uh, hopefully someday that'll happen. It's uh, I, I always say I need to grow 20 percent more, and then I can step away from the hospital. And but you just you, you always keep one foot in the hospital in case something goes catastrophically wrong with the business. You know? Yes, yes, absolutely. I totally yeah. hear that. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, and it, it it always sounds kind of hokey in a way for to, for me to say this, but you know, I one of the things that I've really loved about the business, you know, there's the ups and downs. There's the you know, yay, and then there's like, oh my god, how am I going to pay? make these bill payments and stuff um but along the way it's always been a learning experience and that's been so powerful for me because i always needed to grow and learn constantly and in the hospital system i felt like that was really kind of shut down in a way like i mean you can only get to a certain point and you know your next step is management and i was like hell no that's like you know 24 7 job or you're just kind of 
crapped on um, and it just wasn't for me. So that ability to kind of grow, even if the business isn't doing well, you're still learning and it's still, that's exciting. Um, but yeah. No, I, and I, you got to remember too, with the, with the advent of um, EMRs. So what happened when EMRs oh, came God. in? We were all given our um, ability to think taken away. Right. And now that, that there's a saying that goes around, you've probably heard it, that nurses nurse computers, they don't nurse patients anymore. And when, you know, the hospital, the larger hospital that I worked for, when they started calling patients discharges, you know, mm -hmm. they weren't patients, they were discharges. That's kind of when, you know, the, and then the EMRs came in and people are just standing and staring at computers all day. And it's just, it just, there's no ability to think anymore and no ability to be creative with your care. And you know, is that the right time for people? And the, the kids coming in right now, they, I feel for them. <laughs> they, yeah. are, they, they, they are, they're slaving away and yeah. it's just not getting any easier. Nope. So yeah. Uh, with the we, business, go ahead. Oh, but with the business, you know, they, people say, Oh, you know, if you have a, you always have a backup plan and I have two careers for a reason. You know, I got too much on the line that if the business fails uh, for some reason, you know, I've, I've got a job or a profession that I can go to. That's why I stay there. That's why I keep my hands in it because you know, COVID, is, again, is a perfect example. You know, I, I kicked my hours up at the hospital because the business, the phone stopped ringing. And, you know, there's all these business people out there saying that, oh, people with backup plans are the ones that, you know, that don't ever excel their business. Well, people with backup plans are the ones that are smart right. because they have a backup plan. <laughs> You know, the Vikings burn their ships, that whole philosophy or whatever. You know, if I need to pay my mortgage or my rent or my car payments and take care of the kids, then I've got an ability to do that. Yeah, I, I do have to say that I remember that a lot in entrepreneurial groups. Like they were so dead set on when they could their job. And I'm like, why would you leave your job? Like, you know, simmer down, get the business yep. going, um, you know, let the income come in so that you actually can feel safe. But this massive push to like get rid of the job. I mean back off on your hours sure but um and yeah. you don't want to work two full-time jobs and you know in, in a business it's like you start burning out from the business end of it too but keeping yeah. your options open I think is just a smart business move yep well the people that say that you know Vikings burn their ships are the ones that don't have the other options usually yeah that's you true <laughs> well they throw they throw their life savings their retirement and they go and raise you know 100 200,000 from their friends and family and now they're all of a sudden they have all this debt and then the business fails well now what oh my god i can't even imagine that stress no oh no nope i can't either that's why i never got there yeah that's why we i mean we talked to a lot of nurses i've had lots of conversations where they wanted to open home care agencies and i'm like you need like 100 200 to open a home care agency i'm like i don't know where you people are getting all this money because <laughs> i just don't have it laying yeah. around but right um all right so tell me what is kind of like the, the big vision um you know what is kind of on your bucket list for the business and what would you love to see in the next couple of years happen so our, our main focus right now, the AED business just is, it never stops. It just keeps coming in. But our main focus is to grow the Tempest business. Uh, we've got all of New York State, and then we have opportunity to go east and southwest, I believe, at some point uh, to pick up some states around us. And it's really market dependent on what happens with that. And, and any entrepreneur, anybody who starts a business is, you know, their end game is to start it, grow it, sell it. And, you know, it, Anybody who doesn't say that's crazy, <laughs> but I'm too young to stop working. You know, I'm only, I'm only you know, 48 years old and I got a, I got another 10, 20 years in me and 
you know? Yeah. The problem is, is once you grow it um, or start to grow it, sell it, then, and you have nothing, then you're like, oh, what can I do? Let me start another business. <laughs> Just go back you on do. that wheel. <laughs> you can't stop. That's, that's the great thing about our country, though, is you can do that. Yes, absolutely. All right. Um, so uh, let's see. And then if people want to get in touch with you, how would they find you? Um, where could they find all your stuff? You're talking about um, your business. Customers? Yeah. Like um, if they want to find out more about your business or find out more about you or yeah, right on the website or, you know, I call the 800 number, the 800 number rings right to my cell phone. <laughs> You're <laughs> so kidding. I'm, no, I'm not. And I, um, there's some calls that I screen, but you know, most of the time the 800 number goes right to my cell phone. I set up that, I set it up that way years ago uh, when I was smaller uh, on purpose. Cause you know, I, I, I don't have a shopping cart on my site. And so when you, when you force people to call or have people call, um, you're meeting them right away and you're talking to them right away. And um, I always tell people, give me a call, shoot me an email. And, you know, I always try and treat my customers like family and have a, get a personal connection with them at, on some level. And so when they need supplies in two years, they call me when they need batteries in two years, they call me and I get referrals. Like you would not believe it that way as well. Okay. Yeah. And email, email is always great too. And so I can choose to answer that when I can. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> all right, Kevin. Well, thank you so much for, for letting us learn about your business and all about uh, what you've been doing. So thank you. Yeah, it was nice meeting you.